0: Hello, this is Joe Peters with Monfed with Joe Peters. Welcome to the Spanglish World Network and the Her Network on Single TV channels 250 and 251. Please remember to download both Single TV apps in the respective app stores in iOS and Android devices. While you are downloading, make sure to rate and leave a comment. The app is completely free. Single TV is also available on Google Chromecast, Amazon Fire, Fire TV Stick, Roku and Roku Stick in all the smart TVs since 2016. And if you are not following me in Instagram, make sure that you go to Instagram and go to Joe Unicorn Coach like you see in the video and follow me. I handle all my social media. And if you have any questions, any problems, any challenges around motherhood, make sure to DM me. And if I don't know the answer, I will find somebody like Viviana that will help you, help us to win the marathon of motherhood without burnout. Today, I'm super excited because I am having a special, special guest with me, Viviana. We're going to be talking all about parenting and um. Viviana Giraldo is a remarkable mother of two beautiful boys, boys mom, embarked on a profound journey of self-discovery and enlightenment. When she anticipated the arrival of her first child, Viviana felt a deep calling to explore the depths of child development, driven by an insatiable curiosity and a desire to provide her children with the best foundation for a meaningful life. As her knowledge grew. Viviana blossomed into the respected parenting expert, specializing in an effective and transformative method known as effective parenting. Her commitment to excellence and uh, led her to earn a prestigious child development and mental health certification from the renowned Stanford University. Motivated by her faith and guided by her Christian values, Viviana found El Gran Regalo, the great gift, is a visionary company dedicated to accompany, to accompany fathers and mothers of their, on their transformative journey towards health, healing their hearts, enabling them to raise resilient children and cultivate blissful families. Through, perso- through personalized and couple sessions and engaging workshops, Viviana empowers parents by equipping them with the essential tools and knowledge they need to thrive. Viviana, thank you so much for being here. I would love to welcome you to the show. I would love for you to tell a little bit about your story, about how you entered this beautiful world of parenting. And then I also ask all my guests about a phrase that they want to share. And I want you to explain why you you choose the the phrase that you choose. The phrase that Viviana chose was, the strongest force in the human personality is the need to stay consistent with how we define ourselves. So, Viviana, welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm happy to have you here. And let's just start a little bit with who Viviana is and what takes you into this beautiful world of helping others in their journey of parenting.
1: Hi, Joe. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Well, um, I started studying um, children's psychology and children development because when I found myself pregnant and expecting my first child, I kind of looked around and I said, even though I know um, people that professionally are very, very successful or mothers that professionally are very, very successful. I don't know. I don't know if I know a single adult that I can say, you know, he got it together. He knows how to deal with their emotions. He's like a healthy person, not from their physical aspect, but in their soul. So that was like, okay, this is a big responsibility. I want to do it right. And, you know, in Latin America, there is this limiting belief in in my, in my opinion that says, you know, parenthood, it's something that is not, that you cannot learn in books is something that comes natural, you know, you don't need to read about it. And I feel like, no, this is the most important thing that a person can do in their life is to raise a child and give society a healthy and happy adult. And because they're the future, you know, and so I, um, there's so much information around it. And I began to uh, really connect with the psychology. Aspect of that was always there that I always have that passion for, and that at the moment I was working as um, an experiential marketing director with big brands, and I realized that I was so good at, at, at what I did because I always put the psychology part of it because I tend to that need of what people wanted, how they wanted to connect with the brand, and I began feeling, you know, I I have this gift. And I want to put it into something meaningful, not making a brand that is already, you know, rich, um, have more views or have more sales. So that's why I, how I began is because I did it for my children, and then my friends started calling, like, "Hey, this is going on with my ch- my child. Hey, I'm pregnant. What I should I do?" Or like they will say, like, "Hey, your friend told me that you could help me with this." And, and as I began studying more and more and getting certifications and more and more, then, um, you know, I decided to create um, the El Gran Regalo, and I call it the big gift because it's truly, it's truly the gift of healing yourself so you can become that parent that your children need.
0: Thank you so much. That
1: is so interesting. I was going to start talking about
0: that because um, it's interesting that, your approach is we start by healing ourselves so we can be the parent that our children deserve. So why don't we talk a little bit about that? Like how we can know where we need to heal? What are some of the things that we can do in preparation? Uh, Our audience around the world are moms all the way from being pregnant all the way into moms with children in the first couple of years of life. So, how they can start, if nobody, if they are not Viviana, if they don't have all your knowledge and all your experience, how they can start connecting the dots and finding where may be places where they need to heal so they can show up as better, better, better parents for their children.
1: So I will look for the signs just to know where in my journey I am. You know, because I don't know if it happens to you guys, but when you start reading about motherhood and when you start receiving these tools, these techniques, you know, to positive options and things like that, that they were wonderful sometimes you're like, but what happened if I don't have this blissful personality, if I'm not this sweet mom that is calm and content, you know, how can I apply this when in the face of children running around where dinner, you know, that is when, when you have little ones dinner can be something great or can be something, you know, like an explosion of emotions. And so I will start. And then one of the one of the things that we're going to find out is that sometimes it's for us very hard to handle emotion, you know? We don't know because nobody taught us how to handle emotion. And at the end, if we go back and back and back, so if you're asking me for the very first step, in my opinion, is always, let's go back to your inner child and mother your inner child and so that is a term that nowadays is very popular it's called mothering yourself and so because when you we don't have an inner child that is um heal then we have a hard time playing with our kids you know we we don't connect in the in the play we can be there you know pretending yes yes honey but in our mind we're somewhere else and they know when they're little they know that you're not there even though physically you're there, uh, when we don't have that, children are like, like oh, I don't like. It. Those are little times that you say, "Hey, there's something right." When you have, we're thinking about the child. We're thinking about how. You me feel now that I'm tired that, you know, and so first obs- at least observing that, just, then you can get the tools to, um, actually, um, navigate those situations. Okay. Um, I think that
0: that is, Phenomenal and I love how you are connecting it with the inner child. And it is part of one of the things that I would love to to talk with you is because this is big into what you said before about our baggage and our heritage. Talking about Hispanic Heritage Month this month, and that is how we were raised thinking that a good child um, was one that was obedient. And then even now with my two-year-old, sometimes I feel that trigger when my two-year-old don't do what I say, then I get frustrated and I get that part. And one of the things that I love about your perspective and your approach is uh, you help parents to shift from, seeking an obedient child to contemplating how to empower a child to make sound decisions why well, we don't explore a little bit about that about what is the difference and
1: why actually we don't want to
0: have obedient children
1: yes let me um i just move and let me know that this if, if this is better so the first thing that i do with my parents it's like let's explore the word obedience and what an obedient child will become. What is an obedient adult? And so in that way, I'm always able to shift their mind to that's not what I want. And so when they come to me and they say, you know, I want my child to do what I say. Like, how can I do that? And I go like, I'm gonna give you the secret. You don't want your child to do what you say. You want your, chi- your child to have the ability to choose wisely right? And so every time that we're in that position where you're like, you know, you need to do this, like breathe for a moment and say, how can I help my child to make the right decision? Okay, which this is going to change completely, then how you're going to try to get your children to collaborate, because that's what you want. Collaboration when we have obedient children and these there is a lot of data on this there are a lot of studies that have been done on this we have children that will um basically um they're a target for sexual abuse because when you have a child that you tell them oh just because it's grandma it's because grandpa you need to do what they say then if they say you know, take your clothes off or do something inappropriate, they're going to do it and they're not going to tell you because that's what you told them to do. Two, when they have this blind um, obedience, then they're not going to nurture this capacity of, of evaluating, you know, the situation and knowing whether or not they're at risk, whether or not this is good for them, and so it also have shown that children that have this blind obedience at home are more prone to take drugs when they go to college. And why is that? Because when you go to college, somebody tells you in order to belong to this group, this is what we do: we do drugs, we smoke pot, we do. And always sleep around and so they will do it because that's what they've been told you know it's not about what you want it's not about what you feel and so they are have been thought to um disconnected from their inner voice totally disconnected for the inner voice or, or and who they are so there is nothing beautiful about an obedient child obviously I have moms then and and there is um TikTok jokes and, and and feeds going on on Facebook. I'm pretty sure that you have seen them about, you know, how children in our generation, we know how to say thank you and please. And when our mothers look at us, we stay, you know, put and we were respectful and everything. And I always reply to them, but what was the price of that? What was the price that we pay for that? Because if you were a child and let's say you were at church, for two hours, you know, being put, which is not an environment for a child, a child needs movement. And so, and your mother went like this and you immediately betray your your impulse and you went like this, it's because there was violence before. And you remember there was spanking or there was, psychological violence like telling like like you this and that blaming and so and then the 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 thought of that interaction that i did not like was what make you go like and so that's not really what we want that's not really what we want what we want is to to teach our children how they can always be in a position where they can choose what is right and it takes modeling and it takes experience and that's what um, you know, infancy and adolescence is about is this preparation for experiences, 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 and then you learn what's good, what's not, how that feel, you know, how I navigate this. And so that, that is my my response and my view to obedience. And
0: I love how you make that extension and help the moms to understand that since the kids are are young what are some of the tactics to help them to make sound decisions and then how we can also handle the part of getting triggered when we want them to do something and now they are able to say no i'm not going to do that so what are some of the tools that the parents can start playing with and understanding on that process
1: of helping their children the first step is Where is your child in the biological, psychological, and social cycle? That's going to help you a lot because then you can make a strategy and pick the right tool, right? For example, let's take your your son is two, and here in the States, they call it the terrible twos, right? Which is a horrible name for it because what happened, what is happening to your child is like for the first time now, he understands he's not you. He is his own person. And what makes you your own person is the power to say no. That's what makes me my own person, right? And so that's what the favorite thing for them to say is no. When I understand that he's going through that cycle where he's discovering he's himself, then I can look for tools where I can let him choose, not whatever he wants, but for example, Let's say we have Tommy. Tommy, it's time to go to the bathroom. No, I don't want to shower. I don't want to shower. And so then you can, the two options work wonderful things to three, four-year-olds. And so then you say, like, Tommy, do you want to go to the shower with the blue whale or with the dog? And so then they, they get to do what they want, which is to pick, to have the right and the option to make their own decisions. So going to the shower is not, it's not negotiable because they need to do it, but you offer them options. And that tactic is like magic in a household when they have little ones. And so when you understand, it's not because they want to, it's not about you. It's not about them wanting to drive you crazy. It's about them exploring, you know, the limit where, and, and another thing is like, we don't know how to talk. We don't know how to talk as adults. Uh, we talk a lot with the word "no." Don't jump, like don't do that. And the brain does not understand the word "no." And so, for example, I tell my parents, and this is a cliché um, of the pink elephant, but I tell them, "Let's um, do not think about scissors." And then I tell them, "Oh, you disobedient parents! You know, you either thought for the scissors for a second and then you know wipe it out." right? You either saw the word Caesar, saw the picture, you know, look for one in the room. It depends how your mind works, but you did it because the mind doesn't understand the word no. So if instead, especially with with uh, children that are strong-willed, we tell them what we do want them to do, we train ourselves to, to talk in this way of what we do want them to do, we will see also a change in our whole family atmosphere, because it's not like, don't jump, it's like, be careful where you're coming down. Be mindful that, you know, of your body, make sure that you grab yourself before coming down. It's very different, it's very different because one is giving an instruction because of the blind obedience, and the other one is giving them information for them to make a decision. And it's a a, a skill that will help, will serve
0: them for the rest of their life, right? So I love how you also go into the part of the language and how, because I remember when my baby was six, six, eight months old, and I started doing research and I started realizing that babies and kids hear the word, no, like, Four hundred times per day It's ridiculous. How much we just say no, Mo, no, 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 don't do, no, don't. So, I love how you make it playful with the parents to also help help them to understand that it's hard for the for the brain to not think about the word no. Now, um, one of the things that is critical, and I see it all the time with parents. And that is how we balance our expectations with the reality of our child developmental stage. Um, because I, I actually this week I was in a community and a mom was really worried because her three-year-old or something like that was um, having a difficult time sharing. And at school, that was one thing that I point out. And then we were all telling her, like, it's normal. That is <laughs> that is completely normal. Like, if your three-year-old will be sharing everything, that will be something to be curious about. But what I want to talk with you is about that society expectation of what you as a good parent should be doing, what your kids should be doing, and how we can balance that with actually be very realistic into what are the things that are normal and that are good that our children go through like when everything is mine when they're sharing so we don't actually waste energy chasing
1: ghosts that are not there right in reality well i think the key to that it's focus on your child and let's forget about the society expectations Because that is in reality, the only way that you're going to give back to society, that adult, that healthy adult that you want to give back. And so I tell my parents, I know that it's very tempting when you are at the supermarket and your two, three year old is having a full on, you know, I want this chocolate, I want this chocolate. And people are looking at you with judging eyes, which is another thing, let's be more empathetic with. Children, you know, nobody wants that, but that kids, it's going through emotions and as a society, we should support, but we don't have that society. So we have those judging eyes and it's very tempting to say, okay, 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 here, take the chocolate because of the judgment of people that are not in my life, that i probably never going to see again. And so I always tell them, think about what is going to come with you and what is going to be with you for years to come is your child who do you care more and so is your child and so this goes when it comes to what my mother thinks what the teacher thinks what people think it's like people have this perception about parenthood and children and we're shifting that we're shifting that now but people are not there they still say things like you know what a name is a good spanking and you're like ah no and so i will say just focus on your child, just focus on getting the knowledge, and do it what's right, and it feels right for your family, because children and each family is so unique that, yes, you get the knowledge, you get the techniques, you work on yourself, but at the end, it is a very personalized strategy for your children to thrive, and, um, I think it goes because we feel as parents that we are kind of like the creator. And I think that that is the biggest issue. And I wanna free everyone here to tell you you are not giving a blank canvas and you're doing a beautiful painting. That's not the case. Your kids are born with over 400 psychological traits. You know, they are pre programmed at a 50% rate, 25% the mom's side. 25% of that side. And with that pre-programming, they come and they experience the world. And then we have the, the, the free will to make our decisions. So it's not a blank canvas. We're not the creator. God is the creator. So what I tell them is, how about you engineer, realize that you're more like a gardener. You've been given. to have your seed or an, a, an oak or a mango tree if to be curious about what seed is a given what is the best environment for this seed and then give it everything that the seed needs so it can become everything that it was born to become So if you put a seed of an oak tree, you know, an oak tree can be 70 feet long. It is a majestic that you could also have in a pot, if the pot is big enough, and have it be one, three feet tall in your your patio. And that's sometimes what we do with parenting, you know, out of love. We place our seed out of thinking that we are the engineer we place our seed in a pod versus realizing this seed is supposed to be gigantic it's supposed to be itself. So I think if we approach parenting in this way then we're gonna we're not gonna care what people think. We, we're gonna focus on what you know on getting to know our child. And, uh, and, and, and on giving them the best option for actually him or her to thrive in this world.
0: I love that analogy. And a, a follow-up on that one is how we may have the discussion with our family members, like with grandma, grandpa, uncles, aunts that maybe are still a little bit more into like that all mentality of this is how it has to be and how we can hold healthy boundaries to explain them what we are choosing to do with our children and then explain things like that analogy of the seed of um a tree versus planted and restricted because i love your analogy because the, the tree will grow as much as the roots can grow. That is why bonsais are made. So if we put in a pot, the roots are going to get in the pot and then the tree will not be able to grow anymore. Right.
1: Well, I think that um, when it comes to grandparents, I think that the key is love and not judgment. Because what I'm seeing is a lot of people that are making this shift, they want to come and they want to lecture you know, mom and dad, and they want to tell them, um, all the things that they do wrong and how they're going to do it better. And from that place of judgment is that we get resistance because obviously if, if I come here and I tell you, Hey Joe, this and that your reaction will be to, to protect yourself, to say like, wait, and to try to, to justify. Right. Um, but when we come out of love, and we just say it has nothing to do with you, my story, or whatever. Even though, if the decision came because we didn't get what we needed, um, if we come with love and we say, you know, for our children, you know, it's very important um, to have healthy boundaries, to use these words, not to, um, not to manipulate or do prices or and punishments. We explain it once with love and then we become like a google translator for our kids because we are not here to educate anyone we need to protect our children we need to make sure if they're not respecting boundaries then how that interaction is going to play because grandparents are key for children because they are storytellers and children love stories and there are um they own the wisdom of our family so it's very good for them to have that relationship when it's a healthy one and so let's say that for example um let's say christmas right so for example um sometimes grandparents are like hey you're not sharing it's close to christmas day santa is watching you you need to share right So instead of there, you lecturing grandma or grandpa and saying, like, this is not the way that we do it at home for this and that research. Like, we don't do that. We go to our children and we say, like, hey, honey, you know what? This is what I do. Um, You're going to get your toy no matter what, because it's about the birthday of Jesus. That's what you're getting a toy on Christmas. It's not about you or your behavior. It's about what he did right? Or let's say that if you don't have a religious belief that you say it, it's because it's a special day. So it's not tied to your behavior, because that's manipulation. You're going to get it no matter what, if you're going to get anything, because their family is worth they don't exchange gifts, which is fine. But when we encounter these situations that are like what, what usually happen, then we go and we translate for them. Or if they say something like, you need to share, be a good boy right then we can say grandma was thought that sharing was good but actually respecting you know other people's belongings or your own sense of what you own it's what is important but she wasn't she she wasn't that that way so you always translate for your child and for example for sharing i teach my kids you always ask can can I use it, right? But if the person say no, even if it is the brother, they have the right to say no. Then the next question is when? When can I use it? And usually the child that is not sharing or that was playing with his toy and he wants to keep on playing and has every right to do it will say in five minutes when I'm done with this round. um, And so, you know, it's it's about that. It's more again, the focus is on my children. I'm not here to educate anybody. I love that because also create a little bit more
0: of relief. And that is that we concentrate on trans I love how you're saying like being a Google translator for our children and keep reinforcing. I love that you put the example of Christmas because by the time that this episode is live, like it's, it's getting close to Christmas, we are a couple of months ago, and I've been thinking about that a lot because I've been seeing some of those Christmas songs, and some of these Christmas songs are actually you very did. creepy, Oh <laughs> right. like, you better don't cry yeah. and you better behave, and so I mean, I mean, what I've been thinking about that and how I can still have some of those traditions and some of those nice memories without that subconscious harm into the child's memory, into the child's belief of, I love what you are saying, of manipulation of this is happening because it's connected to how I behave when the reality is it doesn't. I love how you say it, like it doesn't, it is not related because the reality is that it's not, And that is why you say it is part of manipulation because I don't remember one time ever that because the child was not behaving as the parent was agreeing, that make it not having Christmas presents. It was just- How many
1: children have suffered for the whole month of December pretending to be perfect, perfect grades because we use this as a manipulation without obviously out of love, without thinking. The harm that we're doing is that we're teaching the child- If you behave in the way that somebody else wants, then you will get what you want. I
0: love it. I love it. Um, now, where is the line between us being our children's guides? And also, help them to develop their fullest life and values and gifts. I, where is that fine line between being the cheerleader and the guide and where the path into me stepping into the parent and the boundaries and this is what we are doing, this is what we are not doing?
1: The line, I think in order to recognize that line, you have to work on yourself because the line comes with love. And so I'm going to give you a quick example. When last year, my youngest kid was in BPK, and they were going to do an outing, a field trip um, for like a pumpkin patch. And that was one mom that obviously was resistance because, you know, they're four-year-olds, is probably the first field trip for the mothers whose children started that year. It was a big thing, Right. A big thing because now we feel with that this fear of they're going to get kidnapped, somebody's going to touch them. Like we have so many bad news and, and we want to wrap them in a bubble, right? And so there was all of this fear. And so, you know, I sent, I sent to the mom saying, you know, uh, this is something many years, they're going to go with their teachers. Um, somebody was saying, like, oh, because parents were not allowed to go. And so they were saying, I will feel more comfortable. Imagine this. I will feel more comfortable if if mothers went because at least I will know, you know, what my child is doing. And I was, and I said to them, think about what you're saying. I feel more comfortable with my teacher, with my son's teachers going because she knows how to handle 15 kids at once. I know how to handle my two. And I'm gonna be watching, you know, mine but I don't know how to handle 15 and she has the authority in front of them to follow in an in an atmosphere where they're all together right and so some of the moms were like okay I eat but there was this mom that really was almost crying she called me almost crying she said my husband wants my children my child to go but I don't feel comfortable and I don't want him to go and she was like very very upset and so I say okay It's perfectly fine because it's gonna have more field trips, but let's, let's see what is going on here. And I say, take a deep breath and connect with you and tell me that decision is coming of protecting your child. That need to protect your child is coming out of fear or out of love. And so she said, out of fear. Why is it coming out of fear? And so something had happened when she was little, right? And so it's like, connect there. I think the question is always this protection, this boundary, am I putting it in place because of something that happened to me and I don't want him to experience that or because I truly know that he could get hurt out of love, you know? And so I feel like right now, even to climb trees moms are like no 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 don't climb the tree because you you might break an arm like no trees are made to be climbed you know they love children climbing the trees and so let them let 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 them explore why because resilience and intelligent emotion um they come from experience if they don't go through experiences then it's, it's like they're, they're going to be these 30-year-olds that are living in their mother's couch, totally dependent on on people making choices for them. You know? I love that, and I love that question. I think that it's going
0: to... I want to repeat it for all the moms to write it down. I think it's a valuable, valuable nugget, and that is, is your, is your action... Our decision being taken based on love or fear, because I love that, and and I see myself doing that all the time. And is that all those things that cause us trauma, all these things that cause us pain, are things that by survival we want to avoid our children to expose. So we may be taking decisions and actions based on fear that. I love how you said, is, is that fear a real fear or is a, a fear based on trauma that circles back to your first point and is how much we need to work in healing ourselves and, and, and getting better. Talking about that, what are some of the things that moms and dads can do to heal themselves? To start, for example, that's a great example. Okay, I find out that I am scared of the situation not because it's coming from love for my child, but it's coming from fear of what happened to me. That being a trigger of that means that there is something that I still need to heal. What are some of those paths or steps that parents can kind of start taking into their own healing journey?
1: Well my recommendation is always um to have a therapeutic process. Um, you know, so they can really go into all of aspects of how they got the set of limiting beliefs, what we, because we are programmed. And so what are the programs that you no longer want in your life, right? So you can um, regain your spark. If this is not possible, because money, you know, um, although I will recommend people that are from foreign countries and speak two languages, look for a good psychologist back in your country, you know. For example, like for people in Colombia, a good psychologist could be thirty dollars a session. And so that's very affordable. That's almost almost a session a week for a month for the cost of what it costs here one. And so let's look for options. But if that's not within your budget, or if you're not ready, or, or if you have the limiting belief, everything is fine with me, let me tell you, if you have never worked on yourself, even though if you have amazing parents, you have some scratch, you have something. Because also life is about perception. It's not even about what, I, I, what my parents gave me, but how I received what my parents gave me. And so if not, then books is another way of therapy that is very powerful. And uh, one of my favorites is meditation. Of course, if you are in a position where you are hearing for the first time and being curious for the first time, um, you will think, no, but meditation is so hard. It's about keeping my mind blank. It's not about keeping your mind blank. Let me um, tell you that right now. I don't know why 20 years ago, they used to say that, but that is as crazy as, Saying that you're going to stop your heart from beating for a moment. Your mind is never going to be blank. And so, guided meditations are an amazing way to start because somebody's telling you exactly what to think, where to go. And there are a bunch of um, meditations out there that are for free from really well renowned um, professionals. So, I will start there. Because those processes, those little moments, those breaks, the moment of going to your inner world are so healing and so refreshing. And then you will even remember things that you have kept deep down there. And you can see things like, um, why am I this way with money? Or why am I have this this sense of everything needs to be super organized? And why am I pushing my child to the best grades, even though I know that m- you know, the greatest or most successful or professionals are not, you know, the Mat or the world, you know? So all of those things come when you when you go inside. The the answer to the questions are always inside of us.
0: I love, 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 love that one.
1: Why you don't talk a little bit
0: more about El Gran Regalo and what what the Gran Regalo is and how is helping uh, parents around the world.
1: So El Gran Regalo, It's um, so it's my company. What I do, it's depending on when a family comes, I will assess them and say, whether I'm gonna start this process with the mom or this process with the dad. And then we do have a couple um, where I teach the method of effective parenting. And in that method, obviously we, we look back and it's a healing process. It's a healing process from recognizing um, what you were given was the best that your parents could give you. It was what they had. It might not have been enough, but it is what they have. And when you understand that, um, then you can heal. Then you can move on. And as you start seeing things and you start observing, oh, let's say that um, – You know, um, my relationship with money, my relationship with women, my in my mind, what I think a woman should act like versus a man. All of these things we create, all of these definitions um, we create from zero to five, from zero to five year old. We are in this world observing everything and giving definitions. Right. So, oh, this is how. Um, a woman behave. This is how a man behave. This is what it means to be a brother. This is what me, it mean to be a grandma, student, everything. Um, and, and we create a foundation of our identity. And my favorite phrase, which I didn't um, answer that question, it's because it's true. We act not in the way that we want to act, but what we believe we are. So for example, If you think that it's so hard to go to the gym, that that's not for you, well, you're going to start going to the gym one, two weeks, and then you're going to quit. But for an athlete that in her mind, she knows, she feels, and she feels like an elite athlete, it's not an option. It's something that she does because an athlete, they work out, right? And so in everything else in life, we go and we act upon what we believe we are. It's not even about who we can be or what uh, talents do we have but who we think we are and this is huge this is huge because to touching that point we are telling our kids who they are so the first five years we tell them who they are so how are you speaking to your child what are you telling them if you're telling but you don't listen you never listen congratulations you're gonna have an adolescent that is very rebellious and is gonna become the, you told him he was that Right. And so it, at, at the big gift, this is the truth. Uh, it's like um, my best definition will be you walk up here in my, in my office with glasses that are all dirty, you know, that have a lot of mud and like this. And this is how you're seeing the world. And through the process, you start cleaning your glasses. And finally, you can see, you know, you can see what is real. You can see. And so when we, when we have that power, then we can make those decisions out of love. And it's something beautiful because it heals everybody. Then the parents heal and the children heal. You know, the parents modify their behavior and the children will respond different. And then it's beautiful when they start seeing that conflict arises at home. And then the children will go and say things like, I'm sorry that I yelled at you, I shouldn't have yelled, but I was feeling so mad. And then you're like, oh, this works, you know? And, and it's those moments. So that's what my passion is to basically all of the myths that there are around parenthood is actually tell them why they're not real and um, show them data, you know, because this is not something that just, you know, people have been writing about. There are studies done. Um, How can we make a change, give them tools to deal with that? Because often when we have a situation, right? All of us, we do this, adults, we do this. We have a situation we don't know how to handle and we go to our toolbox. But when our toolbox that was given to us was yelling, spanking, blaming, manipulation, like I don't I don't have the right tools. And so I equip them with techniques, I equip them with love, I equip them with patience, and so that's that's essentially what um we do in El Gran Regalo. Thank you so much. Okay, as we are getting close to the end of the
0: show, why you don't uh... Share one thing that you would like all the moms and the dads in the world to know about their journey as parents. And then also, if they want to hear a little bit more about you, how they can reach out to
1: you. Okay. So the one thing that I will tell you is there are 8 billion people in this world. And you were chosen to be your child, mother, or father. There is this infinite parental wisdom inside of you, connect with that, connect with that, you are the best, the best mom, the best dad for your child, you are the one that is connected the most, and keep in mind that they have the genuine desire to connect with you, nobody else in this world wants to be your friend more than your children when they're little, you are like superheroes to them. And so keep that in mind. They they really want to please you, connect with you, make you happy. Um, and so enjoy that. And the other thing is like, I know I just opened my Instagram like three days ago because the, uh, social media is great, but I, I love the one-on-one. So if you want to reach me, um, you can you know always call me at my phone number is 305-799-4645, again, that's 305-799-4645, um, and my handle on Instagram is El Gran Regalo Family, I'm going to start posting, because people have asking me been asking me, and asking me, you know, this information that you have, you cannot keep it for the few families that, you know, that I, that I have the capacity of seeing, because it's only, you know, it's only one day um, at a time, But so I'm finally ready kind of to share with the world. Um, So
0: let thank you so much, Viviana. It's been great, a fantastic world. And then everybody is going to be able to reach out to you and looking forward to see your Instagram growing. This show can also be heard on the Spanglish Radio Network. Please check out www.spanglishworld.ca for all the news and programming. Spanglish World. Watch it, hear it read it, download it, and leave it.